Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind podcast, the space where we explore common misunderstandings of how life works, allowing us to gain new perspectives on health, wealth, relationships, and much more. Life doesn't have to be hard work. It can be a flowing collection of experiences if we learn some simple truths about how our experience is created. Through this understanding, we realize that at a fundamental level, we are all already whole and perfect. Okay, we're live. Hi, Sandra. Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind podcast. Nice to see you. Nice to be here. Yeah, finally, after so many times of discussing doing a podcast together we got here to do the recording which is cool and um today's topic of brilliance or mastery around business or or anywhere you know it was um when we were just talking about it i was kind of reflecting on how it looked to me and i and, and to me i think in the past and i think still to many people that i work with looks like something that requires a lot of effort or something that you have to really practice at or um, put in a lot of effort to. And I think like, you know, my life was a, a testament to that, you know, like for many years where, it, you know, I was um, overworked and stressed and trying to get somewhere and fixated on um, bettering myself. But like, it almost seemed like thinking about it now, it almost seemed like a, I was fighting against myself most of the time because I had that misunderstanding, you know, that I guess we'll talk about that. I thought I had a low self-worth. I thought I had a lack of confidence. I thought I had a lack of um, something that other entrepreneurs or, <laughs> or business people who were successful in business had that I didn't have, you know, that it was kind of like, and I didn't I could never explain what that was. It was like a mystery to me how some people were massively successful in business and how I was kind of like putting in loads of effort and trying and trying and knew that I was really skilled in certain areas, but for some reason, nothing ever happened, <laughs> you know? And, um, and, and that just remained mysterious to me. It was never anything that I could put my finger on, but looking back now, it makes complete sense that I spent most of my time in my own head trying to work out what that was, you know, rather than like rolling with the creative flow of life, you know, and, and seeing how things really work. So, I mean, that's my starter for 10, you know, I'd love to hear, I'd love to hear from you, you know, like how you see it or what's what you see in that. Well, it's just, it's so, I love hearing your reflections on your own journey about that. Because I think that's often true that people just think these things about themselves and they're not true. And they let those thoughts hold them back. Like for me, because I work with a lot of entrepreneurs or people involved in various levels of business, um, when they can start to really own who they are, like to, to not hide their strengths and gifts. And I know that's not something we talk a lot about in the principles, but it's sort of like the, our whole lives have been preparing us for something. And if we allow that unfolding, for example, in my own business, when I, 10 years ago or so, 
I was very burned out. I worked in the world of big branding and it took me a while to figure out I wanted to become a coach. And when I became a coach, I saw how I could bring coaching back into the branding conversation and make it more powerful. So I was uniquely positioned to do that. And I think there are things like that for each of us that we, we can do in just small ways of innovating and stepping into what, of course, we, we would be good at. Like, I love watching people start to, well, let me restart that. What I often see, especially with entrepreneurs, is they're looking at what everybody else is doing instead of looking at what makes them unique, what, what could they uniquely create? Like to turn back inside to look for the answers instead of outside as you're creating a business. Like when I say own your brilliance in business, it has to do with fully being you. And that can look really different in the world. But, and often those differences are why people hire us. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's interesting because it's kind of like, it's almost, it, it makes sense that it works in completely the opposite way to what you think when you're in it, you know, because at the time I was thinking, you know, that I needed to, what who I was, you know, who I really was, not the idea of myself, but who I really was, was the last thing I thought that was of any value or importance to the world. And I would look outwardly to see what it was I thought the world needed and wonder how I could then become that, you know, like, because that was the thing that was going to get me what it was I thought I wanted, which was money or prestige or status or something like that, because, you know, I was believing my own thinking about myself. Yeah, it, it's like, it almost seems too simple, you know, to say that, well, you know, when you see it the opposite way to that, when you just show up in your own brilliance and be willing to step out there and sort of be true to who you are, that, that all the other stuff comes as a byproduct of that, you know, not, not as, not for the put, not that is not the point of it, but that's just kind of like a byproduct of it, you know? Right, right. And there's something really beautiful when people start to own their brilliance, like they're not holding back who they are. That is so attractive. People feel that. And when you're not holding back, you have so much more energy at your service, mm. more clarity. There's less second guessing if you're staying true. It's not a guarantee of success, but it often is a piece of creating success. I think there is still listening to the marketplace as a piece, small piece of what, you know, how you're making decisions. But, but they're all like the world needs you. The world is, if you're really listening, you will hear what the world needs that only you can offer. Like, for example, I think the work you're doing around addiction is amazing. Yeah. And that's been a, and I think it, it's took me to that place where I had to really not give a shit about, you know, 
about whether it went anywhere or not. You know, that was like the missing piece of the puzzle because there was so much invested in the outcome for me that I would never take the first steps, you know. And even now, like even today, you know, I'm getting rejections like earlier today, two or three rejections ignored and being um, fobbed off by companies after I've put hours and hours of work into, you know, like what I'm what I'm doing. And it's kind of like, all that tells me is next, you know, it's kind of like, what's the next door to knock on? You know, it's kind of like, I've knocked on a door, there's no answer, you know, it's kind of find the next door. Whereas, you know, when I was really caught up in what it meant about me or what the outcome might be and how this isn't, that could have been a disastrous outcome. You know, it could have been like a, enough to make me quit, you know, or give up on my, on the thing that I'm passionate about. And, um, it's kind of interesting that like those knocks don't affect me, you know, and just keep trying, keep, keep going with it. Cause it's just like the difference looks like, you know, the way that I see things, you know, the way that I see that, um, you know, what it means about me and, you know, not having that, or not paying any attention to that. In fact, I don't even know if I have it anymore, that thinking about myself that, you know, attempts to define how useless or pathetic I am, you know, on a daily basis that I used to get out of bed to. But I just, if it's still there, I don't even notice it, you know? I love that. I just wanted to laugh out loud. Like, I, I think some of what you're pointing to is just, you have this incredible resilience and that's also an important piece of business. I think stepping into your brilliance is one and then having resilience and knowing that just because you get a no doesn't mean anything. It's not personal. They're just not the right client. Big deal. Next, like you said, like there has to be that resilience. It has, you have to be, you have to be able to hold it all with such lightness and with little meaning. Yeah, when it's like, um, I think it was in one of Michael's um, newsletters or something last week about playing playing the game, you know, like with, uh, I can't remember the exact words, but it was pretty much like business as a game, you know, like playing it as a game without being, you know, having to, to have fun and without too much on or without anything on the outcome, you know, and I find that it's kind of like that, that I don't want to do anything that feels too serious, you know, it's, or, or should I say, you know, serious without the seriousness, you know, I don't like the heavy feeling, but it's, it's important what I'm doing, but it's like, but there's no, there's no heavy feeling to it or um, overwhelming investment in the outcome, you know, that makes me kind of have sleepless nights or wake up really early just to, just to do certain things. If I wake up early, it's because I'm excited, you know, to, to do something that I've had a spark of inspiration for, you know, or something like that. And often sometimes that comes without any specific direction. It's like, I'm just called to create something, you know, that, that, that may be interesting towards what I'm doing. And, and I think living like that has made, and I didn't set off on my journey thinking, oh, I'm going to enjoy the journey and not be caught up in the outcome and that's not how I it wasn't like an intentional you know it just kind of seems to have turned out that way that um you know I, the more I've kind of played played around with stuff and realized you know and had more insights into myself then that you know it, it's just the actual process or the journey of you know of experience has become more more exciting and more fun you know and 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 so on and and as I've seen that every time a door closes 
it's got no meaning, you know, that it's got just waiting and there's another one waiting to open. It's kind of like, it's, you know, it's got lighter and lighter, I guess, in there. And I guess what I'm saying in all that, as I was saying it, I was thinking, why am I saying this? But what I'm saying in all that is, is that you've got to get in the game, I guess. You know, kind of like I spent so long um, on the sidelines, like thinking that if I couldn't see the, the full entrepreneurial journey from start to finish, then I couldn't even start. You know, I, was gonna, I wouldn't start without seeing the... Um, and I remember, I can't remember where I first heard it, or it may have been Bill Pettit or someone when I first heard that metaphor about driving in the fog, you know, and it was like, um, you know, when you drive in the fog, you can't see the destination, but you can see like 10 meters in front of you, but you can make the whole journey that way, you know, and I kind of, when I heard that, I thought, oh God, that's exactly like what I do, you know, I can't see the destination, so I never take the first footstep. And I think since I've been, in the process, you know, it's kind of like, it's just got easier and easier, you know? Yeah, that's true. That we're only ever shown the next step, not, not the end point. Yeah. And it takes a fair amount of trust to go ahead and create anyway, not knowing. And there's a beauty and freedom in that and not knowing. Like the end point we imagine could be quite dull compared to what will actually happen. I know for me, what part of the reason I am always, my intention is to help entrepreneurs step into their brilliance is, is when you engage from this place that's all you, you you tend to really enjoy it. So you're more likely to stay with it. If you create a business from there, then you're gonna weather the ups and downs that every business has. If you talk to any business owner of any size, I used to work with major like Fortune 50 companies, they have their ups and downs too. It's often why they were rebranding. Something had happened and their stock was down and they needed to change their, you know, they needed to re-envision some aspect of what they were up to. That's just normal business to pivot. And even in those big companies, this was fascinating. And this is also part of what is foundational in my work as I saw that the person at the top created the culture of the whole company. It didn't matter how big it was. And when that person, when the, when the vision for the company was deeply aligned with that person's values, it just had a different energy in the marketplace. Like the clarity of that vision and having everybody aligned behind it, it just, it creates a different impact. It creates a different resonance. Business is all about relationships. So, so especially for solopreneurs, if your website, let's say, which is just a basic communication method these days, doesn't feel and sound like you, without thinking it through, you're creating a little bit of mistrust. Like it has so much more power if it's authentically you. People will see it, they meet you, they, without ever needing to say anything, there's a trustworthiness that they feel. And because business is all relationship, of course that's good for business. 
And when you're trying to be like somebody else, it, the message you're giving is a little funky, like I'm not good enough. So I'm going to try to be them <laughs> instead of me. <laughs> it's quite funny when you see it clearly. It's quite, it's interesting, isn't it? Because what you're talking about is, is like the unspoken um, messages that people unknowingly put across as when they create business, you know, like through whatever medium, whether it's a website or messaging of any form or Facebook posts or, or advertising or any, whatever way people use to get business, you know, whether it's video or audio. Um, but it's kind of like difficult to, I think on both ends, I mean, I understand this from my old psychological training, you know, it's kind of like that it's, it's one of those things that's, um, you can't explain it so much in words, but it's just something that, you know, you know, it's like a sense that you have, you know, it's kind of when you, when you meet someone that, or when you deal with a business, you know, there's, there's either that knowing, you know, or there's that, there's that knowing that it's not right, or there's that knowing that it is right, or something's not right, you know, and that's kind of, I think, what you're talking about, right? Yeah, that often we'll have a sense like something's off, we don't know what it is. Mm. But something feels off. And, and I think also what you're pointing to is the feeling behind communications, yeah. like the message, the why, that is communicated often through imagery or the way things are worded, that energy does have impact. More than we know. It's one of the things, I mean, my background's in design and, and I think often people overlook the power of imagery because imagery communicates so much quicker than words. And the feeling of the images commu communicates something very, very quickly. Like if you want to work with people to create money, you wouldn't want to have a dark image of like poverty. That's a terrible example. <laughs> On your website, it's kind of an extreme. You want to create the positive feeling of what your clients are looking for in the images, in the words. Yeah. So from like when, like for anyone listening, you know, I think I could easily presume, but I just like to try and think about the people listening, you know, um, that not everyone might know, you know, like what that journey is, you know, between <clears throat> what we've talked about, you know, between going from like where I was, you know, like how I thought about myself and how it looked elusive and how everyone um, looked as if they had some sort of unexplainable magic entrepreneurial formula that I didn't have and showing up being truly you, you know, what's that? How do you explain that journey to people or how do you um, talk about that to people that, that might want to go from sort of being in that place of curiosity or desire to, to being, you know, more, authentically themselves or even just not necessarily getting because I think I think personally that having a goal is can get in the way you know like having an end point can get in the way but so to me if I was trying to say where would people be getting to it would be getting to enjoying the journey you know enjoying the journey of whatever it is and sit and just seeing where that goes you know how do people get from point a to point b for want of a better um question <laughs> well, 
one, uh, I just want to say one thing that occurred to me early on, because there was a lot there that you just spoke to, is people can look successful without being successful. If you're just following people on social media, you don't know what you're seeing. And if somebody tells you that they've never had a down period in their business, I would assume they're lying. <laughs> I work with a lot of businesses of different sizes and you're not typically broadcasting the down points. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's some truth that people like to kind of hire winners kind of thing. So, you know, intuitively we know not to, not so much to broadcast the down, the down stuff. I think that's what you see a lot. I'm not saying that's a recommendation. Because ultimately you have to trust your own knowing what's right, of course. Yeah. And what was your question at the end? You had a question, something about what, or what I point them? Yeah, I think that might be part of the answer. It was just literally like, how would like people that are listening, we talked about kind of where I started and we talked about, you know, the more enjoyable part, you know, like when you show up authentically as yourself, you know, and how we're made for that. But like, what is it that gets in the way of people and how do people go from that? Because it can be quite a journey for many people, right? Going from that. Right. It, it really looking elusive to like being in the flow and the enjoyment of truly being themselves and enjoying what it is they're creating every day. Well, and I think, I think there's some misconceptions people have, let's say, cause both of us know a lot of coaches. They don't think about the fact that they're starting a business and most businesses either have funding or funded in some way. And so I'm always telling people like, don't quit your day job. Like you may need funding as you're growing this business yeah. and to not assume that success is created overnight. There's a bunch of things at play. When somebody starts a coaching business, not only do you have to become a great coach, but you have to learn how to run a business. If you've never run one before, like the first few years I was a coach, I still did quite a bit of design work because I didn't want coaching to have the pressure I didn't want to be desperate uh, to have clients. And that supported me in creating what I wanted. And now I still occasionally do a little bit of design because I enjoy it, not because I have to. You know, it's flipped. So do not have, like my advice, if I could give advice would be to like not have magical thinking that overnight you're just gonna be this wild success. And if you've never run a business that you would understand different aspects of business. You know, that, that there is like when you step into your brilliance, there's also responding to the marketplace, like being willing to pivot to what's happening. Like we've all just witnessed most businesses pivot during the pandemic. Business is different. Unless you're manufacturing household goods your business is um, had had to respond to the world in some new way. So we're witnessing incredible creativity. I think it's one of the gifts of this crazy time. Yeah. But then it's just being willing to give yourself the time and the space to learn. 
but not ignore the fact that you need support. You might need financial support. Some people have a wealthy spouse or they have money in the bank or, you know, there's all different ways to fund a startup. I've worked in the world of startups for many years and often a group of people would come together, form a startup and none of them would take salaries for years, but they had, they had saved for that event. Or if they had a good enough idea, they got venture funding. Like in the world of business, funding is an aspect of business. And for most people who are coaches, that it's self-funded or family funded in some way, you know. Mm. And, to, and to just be realistic about the fact that it can take a couple of years for a business to have good enough roots and a big enough network to sustain. And also to know that businesses need attention. Like if you're not, if you don't tend your business, it doesn't tend to just grow. <laughs> Magically. Oh, really? I thought that was how it worked. It's not a magic beanstalk. Yeah. You know? It's, I think it's so important what you said, you know, it's kind of like just starting with the, that personal understanding, you know, of how we, how we create our own, little world you know with our own thinking just kind of like by like i was just thinking of like jumping up you know starting to become a coach jumping on facebook adding loads and loads of different coaches then thinking your world is just those coaches and seeing them all advertising their business and then going away every day going god everyone i know is is doing really well because you're just reading the people that you've created this little world around yourself. And that looks like everyone who's in your world. And then it seems like everyone's doing really well, forgetting that there's like beyond the 300 friends that you've got on Facebook or 3000, however many it is, there's another seven sixty nine billion seven hundred thousand seven hundred million people, you know, like creating their world. And it's like, that's not what it is. So like going from that place of, creating a little world and comparison, you know, of kind of like seeing through that, you know, seeing through how we create that, seeing through how that limits us and how that creates our, you know, by comparing ourselves sort of really, I don't know, it, it kind of like, um, I don't know the right word I'm thinking of, you know, it takes away our energy, it takes away our passion, you know, for, from being in the creative flow, because we become more fixated and focused on what, on what we haven't got. You know, and then when you see through that and like kind of becomes less important, you know, like this was my, this was definitely my journey as well. That I'm talking about, I'm talking about this because it was me, you know, um, that like you stop taking and paying any attention to it and realize that people only post on social media, the, you know, what I would call the veneer of a, of a polished life, you know, like the outside <laughs> of everything that sounds and looks really shiny and kind of perfect, you know, on the outside. But but you, until you've took that journey, you don't see that it's like full of ups and downs and experiences and different things, you know. And and like until you get out of your own way and realize how you're making up all that shit about the world, about how you think it looks, you know. It's like then, you know, that I guess that that would be my starting place, you know, where I would want to look because I think before I saw through that. You know, it was, it was quite a difficult, it was like walking, I'd say it was like walking in quicksand, you know. It definitely can be. And I kept thinking of the word nagahide, which is fake leather. It's like fake leather. My brother used to say, oh, that's just a bunch of nagahide. 
Mm. <laughs> Looks like leather, but it's not. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we all use social media in different ways. Yeah. And if we know that probably most of that isn't truth. And I think what you're describing is, is common, like me too. I have so many friends who are coaches and, and in order to make a living as a coach, you have to be out there. Um, it takes more, for all, compared to all the years I worked in design, there was very little marketing needed. And as a coach, it's a different, I used to have one client for six months. Now I, that would not sustain me. <laughs> one single client. Yeah. It's a different level of engagement in your business for me that I had to learn. I, and I think another important point for me was that um, not hating, you know, like when I saw through hating on what I had as a way of making me more motivated towards what I thought I wanted, you know, to, in order to feel better. And and I think that it looked to me that if I just felt bad enough about what I was doing, that I would be more motivated to make something happen, like as if that was in my control, you know, as if I could really have put in enough effort. So I was kind of like setting myself up for the stressful coach's journey, you know, where it was like, I was gonna give up my job because it was so bad. And, um, and then take on this mountain to climb that was all done through effort, you know, through like completely down to me and on my toes on a daily basis. Now, you can only imagine how horrible that would have been you know like to have lived that way you know like everything being about the money everything being you know like got to get the next client where's the next client coming from where's the money coming from you know and even now thinking back it sounds horrific of an idea of, of a way to set up a coaching practice and and to get somewhere and have a you know an enjoyable journey you know there are times now even when I when I don't have as many clients as I would like to for sure you know and it's kind of like and it it feels meaningless, you know, it just kind of feels like, oh, well, that's how it is at the moment, you know, and it's like, I can just keep doing and creating different things in the world. So I've definitely been on that, that journey of, um, you know, from trying, trying all sorts to get me out of what I thought I hated through, you know, and trying to push me towards what it was I thought I wanted, but realizing that that is nothing to do with kind of, you know, showing my true authentic self you know or being willing to show up in that way to life and seeing where that takes me you know i i love the contrast you're speaking to of kind of being your own slave driver in there I've got to do this i've got to feel bad and that's the way i'm gonna make a living is is just i'm gonna suffer and effort Mm. to trusting something deeper. Listening to something else. And at least for me, often when I'm creating something in my business, it feels like I'm being pulled towards it. I'm not pushing myself. I'm being pulled. There's an idea that's pulling me that wants to come into the world. 
Yeah, I love that. Um, I often uh, I often describe it as like um, ideas that have got their own energy or ideas that have got. Uh, I sometimes say the term they've got their own wheels. You know, it's kind of like because it feels like that. And I, and I think what I was trying to say that you kind of made more clear was that I, I made my life shit as it was because I thought that would give me motivation to change it. But what you're saying is that when there's something's got its own wheels or its own energy, that you don't need to try and find this imaginary motivation somewhere within yourself to do something that kind of doesn't feel good. You know, it's kind of, but when it's got its own wheels, its own energy, you're just naturally motivated to do more of it because you feel pulled towards it, you know, and it's a different type of experience, right? Very different. And that, that to me like feels just night and day difference you know the the difference between the doom and gloom of getting up in the morning thinking oh my god what am I going to have to do today <laughs> to going to waking up thinking oh you know what cool things are going to happen today you know who am I going to meet where am I going to end up you know wh where where are all these opportunities that life's sending to me you know and I I um often talk to clients about the um the idea of opportunity because I think that when I'm in that, that closed <clears throat> comparison, closed mind, you know, like with a, comparing myself to others, I think that opportunity only looks one way. It looks a certain shape and size and form. And I'm looking for opportunity in that shape and size and form that it looks like it comes in. But what I've noticed is when I'm in that place of playful, excite, excitable, you know, waking up in the morning and wondering what's coming next, it's opportunity comes in all sorts of shapes and forms and sizes and experiences. And it's like, that's different when I probably, when I was saying before about getting in the game, you know, it's like that um, when I'm in it and I'm, I've got, I am not locked in tunnel vision to what I think it is, is going to make me feel better. Then, you know, I, that's kind of where I have these different experiences of and, and new opportunities happening all the time. Yeah. There's a lightness to it, but it, it, the experience of being in creating business or engaging in business feels so completely different from that space. Mm. And it's not that I don't still have my days when I think, oh, you should be doing this. You should be doing more marketing. You should be blah, 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 blah. But there's a quieter voice that's clearer that I can trust. That, that is guiding me towards whatever is next. Like I feel in my own business right now, I'm going through some sort of shift and I don't actually know if my work will look different, but something in me is deeply shifting. And I'm more just curious about that. I can't name it. I couldn't tell you what it is. It's just, I can feel I can feel how whatever ground I thought I was standing on is being pulled away. And I'm familiar enough with that feeling to trust that it's, it's good. It's really good. <laughs> and it can be unsettling. My mind can grab a hold of it and make it unsettling. And I think as, as, as a global community, we're all experiencing that through the pandemic. 
like what life has looked like has changed. At least for now. Yeah, it's been such a great opportunity, I think, you know, for so many people to be forced to, to look in a different direction for security, for understanding, you know, to, to realize the true nature of their creativity, you know, where it comes from and how we can always respond to life in the moment, you know, in business, in surviving and whatever it is, you know, it's kind of like making money or however it works. And I think that that's, um, you know, that's what we're all capable of, you know, yet we just get caught up in a set of circumstances that look like they provide security and just kind of stay locked into doing the same things regardless of how they feel, yet something like that comes along and it's like, and then it's, you know, it's like a gift really just to be able to, be able to look in a different direction or see it differently. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't have anything to add to that. Beautifully said. <laughs> I think there were great points that, that were made about, you know, particularly because a lot of people, I guess, who listen will be either coaches or thinking about being coaches or, um, you know, is, is that is the journey, you know, that it's kind of like of how long you know it can take to 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 be successful and the fact like what you said that you have to put something into your business because it doesn't just magically appear you know it's like that building a building a coach it almost seems like i guess what i want to say is that it almost seems like for some reason coaching got a buy you know it got a buy with the typical business creation and somehow coaching doesn't take the same effort and the same thing as building any other business for whatever reason. I don't know. It just seemed like that to me that it should be that you just say you're a coach and create a website. Then people come along and want your help just because, you know, it's kind of like you don't have to do the marketing. I mean, you hear so many times you don't need a website. You don't need marketing. And I understand why people say that, you know, like because a lot of people want to bypass their understanding you know, of how the mind... But, but I want to say the people that say that are doing... Yeah, it's their marketing. A lot of marketing, but in some <laughs> other They're not... Maybe they, they can say that, but they're, it's not that they're not out there selling and marketing. Absolutely. Yeah. I can see why people say that, just to steer people away from the idea that if they get a good website and market, they can sell their services without having the grounding and understanding as a coach. Well, and, and having a website is just, that's like having a, what it used to be, you needed, <clears throat> you needed to have a business card. Now you need to have a website. It doesn't mean you're going to be successful. It's just a piece of communication that can reflect what you're up to. Yeah. And, it, and I, I think people should have websites because it's also a sign that you're a professional. Yeah. You're actually in the game of business. And, and you're serious about it. Like, you're going to have fun, hopefully, doing it, but you're serious about it. Yeah. Well, we're running out of time. I feel like we were just getting started. <laughs> it's been really fun. Yeah, thank you for doing this with me. No, I think we covered a lot of ground. Just be yourself. Get out there. Have fun. That's it. Awesome.